you have you have your thoughts, your ideas, your hope, your experiences. Uh, it can be pleasant. It can be not that pleasant. Um, but you, you can you, you can stop resisting the things you don't want. Let me put it like that. And if you let go all the negative systems you have in within you, um, then it's far more easy to go with the positive uh, connotation of money or personal finance or uh, what you want to call it. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome back to Money Talkers with your host, Cody Laughlin. I have Michael Keat here with me today. He was a high school dropout, and the age of 21 was labeled as underprivileged with no relevant education or work experience. He now has his bachelor's degree in accounting and finance. Within nine years, Michael went from underprivileged to finance director at the age of 30 before becoming an entrepreneur and developing online accounting software to help small business owners. He is a certified mindfulness coach and has been published in interviews in the Dutch Financial Times along with the local newspapers. Michael currently resides in, uh, in Nord Brabant. I'm going to try and not murder that uh, in the Netherlands. And uh, he's also the author of a great book called Moneyfulness. And we're going to hop into that as well. And so with that, welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you, Cody. Nice to be here. Great. Well, I hopefully did not beat up Nord Brabant too bad. Is that, am I even close? <laughs> it's North Brabant, but it's, it's, it's Dutch. So that's, it's I couldn't even say that again if you told me. <laughs> but, Skip it. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so let me ask you the first thing. The first one I'll ask you is what inspired you to write Moneyfulness? Well, uh, when I was a finance director, I thought I knew it all about uh, money and I thought I learned a lot about money. And then I got my own business with the accounting software. And the development, the developers, the company that developed all the uh, the new features for, for the software, found some small letters in the contracts and just ripped me off. So I got a, into a lot of debt. Mm. And um, I started wondering, how is it possible? Because when I was a finance director, I had a very nice salary. And I was constantly worried about what... I, want to, I don't want to lose my job because if I lose my job, then I will lose my house. Then I will lose the blah, 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 blah. You, your brain can make up a complete negative story about if you lose your job. But then I was in debt about five years ago. And then I thought, hmm, I don't have that much stress at all. So that sort of made me wonder, well, how did it happen? And then I found out that one of the things that helped me quite a lot, because I've also done some personal development training, and uh, I found out that mindfulness really helped me to ease my mind, to just reduce the stress and to make life a lot easier. 
and that a lot of other personal development as well, but that's a major one. So that's why I combined the money part because money is, is important in everybody's life. Uh, everybody needs it. And the, the mindset part from, uh, from mindfulness based on the, the seven aiding factors of mindfulness. So that's basically how I, uh, I came to mindfulness. So walk me through what you consider mindfulness. Um, it's a state of mind and being in the present because uh, a lot of people experience stress, for example, and uh, a lot of stress is caused by reliving the past. So if, if something happened, something bad happened to you in the past, let's say, uh, let, let's stick to the, you lost your job and uh, you lost a lot of income as well. Uh, and then that got you into trouble. So you can relive the past. So you're stuck in the past and ooh, ah, blah, blah, stress and so on. Or like I had when I was a finance director, there's a lot of stress for what might happen in the future. And there is a, a limitless kind of stories your brain can make up to, to make up what, what, what can happen in the future, but hardly ever happens in real life. So if you live in the present, then you don't relive the past. So you don't punish yourself. You don't have the stress you experienced before. And if you don't worry uh, don't have the stress about all the possible uh, stories that may happen in the future. That's also unnecessary because it, it, it isn't happening. It, it, it's never happening exactly like that. And you're living in the past. It's, it gives you peace of mind. And you know, so it's, that's, it's funny that, uh, you know, we have this ability to think about the future, right? Of the things that could happen. And it's almost always negative. Right. It's, it's just amazing that our brain goes into this fight or flight, you know, type of future. And it gives it gives anxiety, you know, of stuff that hasn't happened. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I talk with my family about this quite a bit. And I'm like, what are you worried about? Like, it's, it's you're worried about something that hasn't happened. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> like, why are you ruining your feeling today? You know, and it's, it's such a uh, it's such a powerful piece, because I think that that holds people back quite a bit around the subject of money, you know, and we're using the term money, but it's like just in, in career development or in having the ability to achieve what you want to achieve your goals, those kinds of things. Like I think they become clouded because we don't put a map to them. You know, we don't write them down. We don't, we don't aim, we don't aim at them. If, if you make a clear goal and whether it's financial or any other goal and you uh, reverse engineer it to today and uh, as, as you come closer today to today, the steps you have to take today is the smallest one and the closer you get to your goal is more, you can make bigger steps because you're accustomed to making steps towards your goal. And if you have your goal clear, just you, you can visualize it, you, you really can live your goal, it's much more easy to go there. Uh, but a lot of people don't set their goals clearly and it's the best way to write them down you're right because and uh, uh, just put them down somewhere that uh, that you can see them but uh, that's still yeah, that's something a lot of people lack and also financial goals what, what do you want to earn how much do you want to have what, what what's the the amount of assets you're aiming for at a certain age five years from now or 10 years from now or whatever yeah you know it's it's funny that um i think a lot of people you know uh, stress, thinking about having to do that, not realizing that doing that relieves a lot of stress. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> if you, if you know where you're going, you're not anxious about where you're going, 
you know, but it's like, it's the idea of like sitting down and having to do this one step, you know, of being able to set out a target, set out a goal. And like you said, reverse engineer it to where it's a small step. Like there are a bunch of little steps, yep. you know, and it's like, we were, I was talking with my, with um, my daughter yesterday and she was worried about, she, she was, she was, you know, she's nine and she has little kid stuff. And so she was worried. She didn't want to go take a shower. Right. And so she mm-hmm. was worried about it. And she was, I was like, well, there's no way to get to that room without going past where I'm sitting. And she was like, what if they teleported? And I go, do you don't think if there was a teleporter that I would have one? Because that would be awesome. <laughs> and she was like, well, what if it cost a million dollars? And I go, I'd figure out a way to afford it. And she goes, how, you know? And I said, well, maybe I could finance it for 10 years. So I would need a hundred thousand dollars a year for 10 years. I was like, then I would need $8,888 a month. Then I would need $2,222 a week. I go, then I would need $400 a day. And she was like, yeah. And I go, and I'd charge people $1,000 a day to ride on my teleporter. Now I'm going to make money with my teleporter. And I have one. She was like, that was pretty cool. You know, like she just like, but it, like I go, I told her, I said, you know, you can't say I can't afford something. You have to say, how do I do this? Right. Or you, if you take these big goals and you break them back down into small things, like they're very attainable. Yeah, that's completely true. <laughs> nice example. Yeah, I, I literally yeah. It was last night we were talking about this. So like, okay. I, you know, we had these conversations in my house being being the host of Money Talkers. I can't be a hypocrite. So I have to do these things with my kids. Of course. <laughs> yeah, walk talk. <laughs> exactly. And so so break me down, uh, break down to me like, so with mindfulness, and you've taken the idea of mindfulness and, uh, and, you know, the con not the concept, but the um, well, I'll let you explain the, how do you, how do you connect mindfulness and or mindfulness and money? Um, well, there, there are the, the seven eating factors of, uh, of mindfulness, which are connected, where, which are translated more or less to financial topics. Uh, for example, um, let's take one, just uh, not, not judging is one of the uh, seven eating factors or the seven pillars, also known as seven pillars of mindfulness. But a lot of people are judging other people just by how much they have or how much they make or uh, like a neighbor kid said uh, oh uh, one in the street is driving a, a new tesla uh, he must be rich they must be rich because only they drive a new tesla that is in a lease contract they don't see so the the the, the, the old people are judging others by how the, the way they spend the, they the way they spend their money and what they spend their money on so and it's don't judge their people because a lot of envy is also uh, starting to grow from there because these they see a lot of people having other stuff they want to have I, I, which I don't care about but they and they envy it so they start having stress about what other people buy how strange is that it's the same like they have having stress for the future having stress and and feeling bad because other one other people have stuff you don't have for example eh? <laughs> Yeah, so it's funny though. Like the more, I guess the the more uh, I have been able to attain and and be comfortable with, the more I don't care about most of that stuff. It's so you know, it's like an inverse thing. It's like if you couldn't have it, then you envy it. But if you could have it, it's kind of like, man, I don't really want that. You know, I wear flip flops and shorts most of my life. Like, you know, I, <laughs> I really. Yeah. Yeah, but just another one is also acceptance, which is also directly linked to uh, to money and money fullness. Because if you can accept the, the amount you have, the, the amount you earn, uh, the goal you want to go to, if you accept your current situation, you're also not bothered about what other people do. 
and you're not stressed out because you don't have it right now because you have a plan where you go to where you want to go to so that's 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 just a quick one <laughs> so, so i'm looking at the uh i'm looking at the seven uh this one's called the seven attitudinal attitudinal foundations of mindfulness practice mm-hmm. number four is trust yeah so how do you how do you put the, how do you tie that together around the concepts within you know finance and and money and and that kind of stuff like how do you tie in trust well uh, you always have to trust your own feeling your own guts uh, your own uh, way of thinking and you also have faith and trust in the fact that it will come to you when it's ready for you because yeah. you, you can you can push and push and push if you want something but if you start pushing too much it won't happen as well because that is also a lot of stress if you want something and you push yourself you have to push yourself that's that's one thing but there's also a limit into how, how much and how hard you have to push yourself so when i think about that too i also think about that it's a lot of paralysis right like a lot of people are get paralyzed to make decisions because they don't trust that they're going to make the right decision and they end up missing the opportunity because they never well what i tell but what I grew up thinking in my head, my dad told me at the time was you can't steal second base with your foot on first. Right. You gotta, you gotta run. If you're going to, if you're going to make it, you gotta run sometimes, you know? And I think that that not trusting that, you know, their own decision-making. Yeah. It's discrimination. You just said about the the pushing part. Yeah. But if you, if you lay back, uh, let all the opportunities come to me, I don't have to do anything. Then it's not, not going to happen as well. Yeah. So it's, Yes, you have to trust that it will it will present to you when it's ready. You have to trust your own feeling, and you have to trust yourself as well that you will be able to reach the goal you want to when you want to reach. So, is the beginner's mind? I don't know if this is just to this one document that I'm looking at, but is that is that also part of the um the uh, how you've tied that in? How does talk to me about that one? Well, the beginner's mind is just and that's that's a hard one for yeah. a lot of people. Because you have to, to put all the, the, the things you know, you have learned about money, all the belief systems you have about money, the, the, the convictions you have about money, uh, you have to put them behind and start with a fresh mind. Because if you, uh, a lot of people, the, the know-it-alls, yeah, that, that's, the, the, you know, the know-it-alls, uh, uh, those people, you think they know it all, but if you start with a beginner's mind, you're more open to other ideas and other concepts and other ways of thinking. So, um, like, like, for example, um, if, if, if your uh, parents told you always that money is the root of all evil, which is the most translated quote about money all over the world, uh, and they are convinced that money is the root of, e- root of all evil, it's somewhere, is also in your brain. It's also in autopilot a lot of times. And if you're um, convinced that money is the root of all evil because you've heard it all your life, and some, some way money comes in and you think it's evil you want to get rid of it so funny enough that's probably the most misquoted quote of the bible of all time <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it's funny that that's probably the most quoted one out there but it's also not correct in what it says you know it's the lust of money or the love of money is the root of all you know and, and so like that's it's pretty funny that you know that you bring that one to the table because it's it's not even right <laughs> and it's and it's so prevalent to people you know i i uh you know i i, I talk about people with when we talk about these things and like it's their story you know it's their money story and it's yeah. been written and we beat up we, we we just assume 
that we know the answers because of what we know currently, that assumption is what you're talking about with the beginner's mind, right? Like you need to, you need to realize that maybe you don't know, you know, I had to have, I, I kind of told you off, you know, air that my, my story a little bit about when I, you know, really failed really bad. Yeah. Like I had to go look in the mirror and go, you don't know anything, <laughs> you know, here I had, I had 30 employees and four companies and all that stuff. And I had to look in the mirror and go, man, you really don't know anything or else you wouldn't have screwed this up. Like you, you messed this up. So it's your fault. Be humble enough to go say, man, I don't know what I'm doing and go learn from people that do. Anyway, when I, I've been the finance director also with the, the entrepreneurs uh, working for, as a finance director for the directly for the entrepreneur himself or herself. And uh, I started my own business thinking, I know about business. I've been, I've watched them so for so long. I can do it as well. I can do it <laughs> myself. But after a, about a year, I thought, hmm, I got the same, not uh, the same way, but also the, the mirror experience. But, hmm, I don't know it all. <laughs> I got to learn something different. And uh, I'm still uh, learning every year. Uh, then I started to educate myself again because uh, I've been uh, learning until, uh, studying until I was the age of 34, 35, something. And uh, I haven't done anything till six, seven years ago. So <laughs> then I started doing every, different trainings, but also the same way, look in the mirror and you don't know it all. <laughs> if, you, if you really want to test that, this is how I have tested it for myself. Um, so I think like I told you, I read Rich Dad Porta at 19 years old, changed my whole life, changed every way, every, every way I saw everything. Mm -hmm. Right. And <laughs> I read it again at 29, got something completely different out of the book. Read mm -hmm. it again at 35, got something completely different. And recently I've been listening to it. None of those words in that book have changed. Mm -hmm. No. But my perception to the words is completely different. Yep. And and so that kind of, you know, that that's an easy way to kind of test yourself if you ever want to think that you're you think the same way you did or you're you're as smart as you were or you knew everything back then. Like it's a really good way because those words don't change. You know, it, it's almost a reflection to say, hey, man, how much have you changed? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I, I kind of want to talk about this, too, because uh, I, I feel like it's a really big subject um, when it comes to finance. I'll say personal finance. I know we're going to use the word okay. money, but like when it comes to money, when it comes to finance, like letting go, you know? Um, how, how did you, how did you introduce that part in your, in your book? Well, that, that's more or less uh, likely with, uh, uh, the, like with the beginner's mind, um, you have, you have your thoughts, your ideas, your hope, your experiences, uh, it can be pleasant. It can be not that pleasant. Um, but you, you can, you, you can stop resisting the things you don't want. Let me put it like that. And if you let go all the negative systems you have in within you, um, then it's far more easy to go with the positive uh, connotation of money or personal finance or whatever you want to call it. So, um, yeah. Do I, do, 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 do I put it right? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, I, I'm just, I'm trying to think of some different examples in, you know, I, as I have these conversations, you know, I reflect a lot of times, 
you know, I get to, I get to interview amazing people like yourself that have kind of tied amazing concepts together and things. And like, it makes me think. So um, I'm trying to think about, you know, as, as letting go um, because they're different than the beginner's mind, right? Like letting go is, I would, I kind of feel like it would be more in the, in the fact of like, I screwed up. I can't believe I did that. You know, like you're beating yourself up over bad choices of things that you've done and you're not, but, and then the beginner's mind, I kind of feel like you have to like, not only just like let go, but you need to, you need to try to understand that you need fresh eyes and there's another way to look at something. It's a paradigm, right? Mm -hmm. You have to understand that the way you're seeing the world is a paradigm, not necessarily the way that it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like letting go of the past. This is the stress about the past you have. Uh, or, or re- when you're reliving it, or um, it, it, it happened to me before, or people were telling me uh, this or that, um, and you heard stuff mostly from uh, from your parents. Mm. Uh, that's where the, most of the things come from, belief systems. So if you can let go of that part and uh, the way you think about that one, it's. Uh, yeah, it's a lot easier. It gives you peace of mind. You know, I, I, and I think it's just having the self-actualization of realizing that there's been a lot of inputs. Yeah, uh, mostly uh, you're influenced by uh, by your parents, and uh, but also like, uh, for example, your parents always. A lot of parents tell their children, uh, "You have to spend your money wisely, and uh, you have to save money." Right, that's quite common. If you, if they are showing that they spend a whole lot of money on stuff they don't need and just throwing money uh, down a drain, and they're not saving and they're living in debt, what do you think they will learn from their parents? Will they learn to save money and spend it wisely because they say it once a month, or what what will they uh, pick up what they see every day? probably what you see every day yeah yeah it's uh you know it, it's it's probably those conversations too if they're having them with their kids it's not in a purposeful time period right it's probably in a time period of like of stress or you know they're wondering how they're going to pay the rent or the mortgage this month and that's the mm-hmm. point when they say you know you need to save money like but it's like there's a there's an attitude towards it if you're not purposeful when you have those conversations yeah you know and that's caught i believe you know when i when i think about that like if you're completely stressed about money and that's the time you choose to talk to your kids about it they're going to be stressed about money as well and that causes fear and that causes it's not a tool anymore now it's something that's bad and evil like you kind of mentioned earlier yeah yeah, but there's another, another example as well there are a lot of uh, uncles aunts uh, grandparents they can give you a couple of dollars and they say, hey, here, you have a couple of dollars. You can go, go buy some ice cream, have some nice ice cream. But don't tell mom and dad that I gave you the three bucks to buy some ice cream. So then there's a, a whole lot of secrecy mm. for the children and, uh, around money. But they, you put them in a very difficult position because they want to lie. They have to lie to their parents about the money. So that's strange, very strange as well. That's that's. It, it sounds like it's, it's it comes from a good heart. I, yeah. I no doubt about it. 
But the impact is that, that when, when you're a seven-year-old and you get the, the three bucks to buy some ice cream, it's secret, secrecy, and you have to lie about money. And if that really uh, yeah, comes in, it, it hits you, and it, it may stay for you for a long time. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like I'm I'm I want I want to get your opinion on um, whether you feel like the actual tools, like a budget, right, mm -hmm. or the mindset that you think about these things is more important. No, they're equally important because uh, if you don't make a budget, and and a budget is is just a budget is a personal statement. What do you want to spend your money on, your time on, or whatever? Do you, do you want to think uh, if you do think things or if you don't do things? And you have to budget and you have to stick to your budget. And uh, that's what I really recommend. And also go uh, through your normal expenses and analyze that as well. And just do it. Just do the work. Everybody can add the numbers. That's, mm -hmm. the, the, that's, that's all budgeting is. But you have to do it. And also you have to make some investments uh, like uh, money can make money. Uh, so you have to invest to make money as well. When you're uh, not making money, uh, when you're asleep, you'll be working till you die. So that's the practical part. But uh, different example. Um, there is there are studies done that uh, the, the the ones that won a huge prize in a lottery, like uh, over a million. And uh, I don't know about the US, but uh, over here they they're. Practically guided by uh, by the lotteries, and eighty percent is back to work or even in debt after a period for three to five years, and everybody wants to win a lottery. And no, that's not going to happen to me. And eighty percent is back to nothing after three to five years. A lot of people are even in debt. Just or or, or have a look at the the, the successful um, uh, athletes. There are a lot of successful athletes that make a lot of money during the sports career. They have a, uh, yeah, a lot of expenses during the sports career. But when the money comes in, it's, it's okay. Then it's balanced. But then the sports career ends somehow in, the, in their 30s. The money doesn't come in. And they keep on spending money. And there are a lot of debt. There's so many stories about uh, successful athletes that... Are, are, are getting into debt and, or into trouble or whatever after their career. So, so and same for entrepreneurs, by the way. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, I've been one. <laughs> um, well, that's, you know, that's part of the like the letting go piece, though. Like I can joke about that now because, you know, I, I had to let go. And, and people have asked me, you know, oh, that must have been like horrible. And would you do it again? And, or would you change it? Is what they asked me. My answer to that is always no. You know, now, if you had asked me when I was going through it, my answer would have been yes. <laughs> I don't want this to be happening to me. Yeah. Right. But if I now that I look back, you know, like I, I think like it was very shaping for me. Like it was a good thing that happened to me because it changed. It it forced me to be better. It forced me to you know have some different humbleness in my life and and to look at the world a different way, and. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so, but the world didn't change, you know, I had to look at it differently. And for somebody like myself, that's pretty strong willed. Uh, sometimes it takes a big hammer to the forehead, you know, to, to get your attention 
to uh to really get you to you know pay attention and, and realize that you know we all have a lot to learn and no one has all the answers but if you're okay with that it becomes a lot easier yeah yeah that's true that is what i learned about uh, the, the five years ago when the, the software developers just hit me with yeah the, you know how to read a contract now don't you yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, that's the yeah. thing it probably caught you off guard because you were like i'm the director of a finance you know i'm the director of finance like i know exactly how these things work and then it's like and all of a sudden you realize well wait a minute no maybe i don't you know yeah <laughs> i knew yeah. that before but uh, there was always always a discussion do you want to get uh, the lawyers involved or do you or do you want to pay uh i paid yeah yeah get the lawyers involved that's the that would be my <laughs> always have a good attorney <laughs> that you yeah. can trust and call pay yeah. the pay pay the money up front because it's going to get us a lot more on the backside if you don't yes that's for sure some hard lessons learned <laughs> yes <laughs> and uh so you you said a phrase earlier uh before we hopped on and i asked you if we could talk about that um what what's that phrase again where you, 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 you pertain to your net worth Oh, uh, your self-worth equals your net worth. Your self-worth equals your net worth. Can yep. you explain how you, uh, how you, uh, what that means? Um, yeah. Um, if your self-worth is very low, your self-esteem is very low, then you're, you don't think you're worth to have a million. So you're not worth to be a millionaire. Let me get back to the little smaller example. If you are a self-employed, a lot of self-employed are working by the hour, right? What is the hourly rate you dare to ask? Why don't you double it? What is it? How does it make you feel if you double your hourly rate? Do you think you're worth it? Do you live in your value? Or is it is it separated? If you don't think you deliver your value, you don't, you don't think you're worth it, you have a low self-esteem, your self-worth isn't that high. And uh, so that there's a direct connection, correlation between your net worth and net worth e comes from the amounts you're asking uh, as, as an hourly rate or for your services or your products or whatever. Do you do you think what what it's worth it? So do you? I I feel that most people think. I think most people have it backwards. I think most people think when I have a larger net worth, I'll have more self worth. Yeah. And I don't I I don't think it works that way. No, it's the other way around. You, you know I um been listening to a book uh from jordan jordan peterson the 12 i think it's the 12 rules of life or something mm -hmm. um and the first one is is goes to this whole story about the lobster community <laughs> and it's like a weird thing but like but it, yeah. we have these crustaceans have been here hundreds of millions of years and they have this whole like uh society kind of built up and the lobsters that walk and stand tall and do you know they they carry themselves a certain way are treated differently than the lobsters that don't that sulk and have you know are, are you know kind of i don't know puny or they just they they kind of like are scattered and whatever and it's like a self-fulfilling thing like the guy who you know it's there stands up well he gets the best spots and he has all the female lobsters and all that stuff and uh and i thought about that and i'm like you know he ties that back into like you have to start internally carrying yourself as if you're going to be successful 
Yeah. And then it fulfills itself because people see you that way and they treat you differently. Well, that's that's completely true. That's that's if you have the attitude, if you have your self worth, if you think you're worth it, you deliver the value. You also uh, allow yourself to ask a higher rate because that's you deliver the value. You're you're convinced that you, you that you deliver. So you're you're able to ask a higher rate. Well, I, so how do you? How do we tie this back into parents? You know, trying to that they're listening to this and they're thinking, you know, okay, I got it, right? They understand what we're saying because it's not we're not talking about anything too complicated, but it's important, and they want to instill that with their kids. How would how would you advise them to have these conversations? Um, for the, the self, you always teach it. Uh, you want to have your kids to have a lot of self-esteem to have a lot of self-worth and how, how do we instill that though how do you what, what would be your advice on how to instill that into because i'm thinking of my own kids like you know um <laughs> without because there's a fine line between being like you know being have having them have self-worth but also yeah. you know being overly confident and not thinking they have to do anything anymore yeah. <laughs> you know it's hard you don't want to have him uh, cocky. No, um, <laughs> no. I, I already have to rein my son back in as it is, and he's seven, uh, so <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> he's ready okay. to take on the world sometimes. <laughs> uh, let's 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 turn it around. Um, uh, like, like I said, you don't want to overcompliment uh, your kids, but by uh, not bringing them down, mm. I think that's that's uh, that's also something. Uh, Unintentionally, a lot of people do bring their kids down. Ah, oh, you can't do it. You can't do that. Ah, oh, no, yeah, give me, give me that. I'll do it for you. That's the same way as telling you, you can't do it. So let let them um, find their own way. Let them experience. Give them some space to experience. And if they succeed, then you can compliment them because then they achieved something. And there's nothing wrong with compliment complimenting others when they have achieved something. And, and, and whether it's uh, saving money or doing another job or uh, whatever, trying to cook a meal at the age of 12, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's uh, give them some room to, to exper experiment, do things, and uh, yeah, let them find their way without taking, that, taking them down. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's great advice because, you know, it, it they need to fall down sometimes but they need mm -hmm. to understand that they should fall down sometimes you know <laughs> i tell my kids that like so, you know if they're upset about you know not getting something done or failing at something i tell them if you never failed anything then you're not trying hard enough That's you know true. you're not you're not challenging yourself enough if you never fail you're expected to fail because if you're failing then i know that you're trying to do something you don't know how to do yet and you're <laughs> trying you're trying and that's more important than than being successful at it but if they, if they succeed at something uh, that they didn't expect them the, themselves to, to succeed in, then you have to compliment them double. <laughs> Absolutely. You got to celebrate the wins, man. You got to yeah. celebrate the wins and you got to celebrate the losses. You know, like I, it, that's what we're here for. That's like the magic of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, well, Mike, I wanted to jump on with you um, to do the high impact series here on the interview, but I want to say thank you for kind of getting this conversation with me because I don't talk, I don't think we talk enough about practical pieces in our mindsets that, you know, uh, about, especially like something where the self-worth equals your net worth. You know, a lot of times we end up talking about, um, 
you know, the actual practical side of it, but this is more on like the practical side of the mindset, which there are pieces to be able to do that. Um, it's, I, I personally think it's, it all starts there just because of the, the ways that, you know, I, I believe that if we see the world a certain way, then we will, um, navigate the world a better way. And so it starts there for me. Yeah. Like, like I said earlier, the book doesn't change. The world doesn't change. You change. Exactly. Exactly. And so what I think about is, you know, how do we, instead of trying to retrain our brains, what if we could train our, our youth's brains from yeah. the beginning, right? What could they accomplish if they don't have to retrain themselves later? You know what I mean? Like they can go out and change the world for a better place. And so, um, it, it's a, what's up? Did, did you ever reread the the fairy tales you uh, you tell your children like like uh, the, the they're scary man <laughs> if you know the mean money overloaded <laughs> <laughs> just just the the the, uh, the Aladdin and the Wonderland the Aladdin is only allowed to marry the the daughter of the Sultan if he is if he's able to prove that he's rich uh, just reread all the fairy tales they're uh, like 60 70 percent is all about money really i never it's really funny. realized that <laughs> that's funny um yeah. listen michael um who uh so if the audience can if somebody wants to come and learn more about what you do and and uh more about the book um who should come find you and where they find you at it's uh, quite easy it's uh, moneyfulness.com and it's uh, moneyfulness is the combination of mindfulness and money so it's uh, moneyfulness.com that's the most easy way that you can find my uh, my book, all the, the free stuff, the money map. You can download a free money map. I've also also in a free edition, free downloadable downloadable edition of uh, of moneyfulness. It's called uh, "Who Is the Boss? You or the Money?" Just just easy to read. It's a small a small edition, uh, about 60, 70 pages. So that's, yeah, uh, I I love that idea because I've always believed that what you feed your brain, it'll look to validate in the world. And so if we are, you know, being if we're being proactive into realizing that our mind controls the majority of the outcomes that we, yeah. you know, we have in the world and you start there, it becomes a lot easier. And so um, I want to say thank you very much for coming on to Money Talkers with me uh, all the way from the Netherlands, the magic of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kid's financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker.